It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 294 of the Ron and Brian podcast. It is Sunday night, and Pookie is looking fire. How are you tonight, Brian? I'm feeling great. It is Sunday night. We're sitting here. Uh, You know, it's the weekend is over, but in some ways, it's really just beginning. And that's one of the things I find special about this show is the fact that, you know, and I believe it was during your um, fourth term as champion of the podcast back in, I believe that was 87, when you said to me, hey, Instead of doing the show on Tuesday nights, as we had been doing, you said, let's move it to Sunday. Um, and I sat there. I didn't see the wisdom at the time. I pushed back, if I remember correctly. But as bit. being a 40, 49% owner, I understood. I had to just eat crow, um, take whatever it was that you were uh, dishing. And um, once again, you know, as it's happened before, it was another just genius decision on your part. Doing these shows Sunday nights really just – it, it ensures that there is that there is absolutely no anxiety for the work week ahead. Um, and it just gives me another opportunity to talk to you. Ron. There you go. It's the closure for the weekend, as you like to say. Ron. Yes, sir. How are you doing? We always ask I mean, about me. I, I want to ask right. about you. You know, I can't complain, Brian. It's, uh, it, was, it was a good week, a uh, good weekend, uh, good times were had. Time spent with friends, time spent with loved ones, uh, and now time spent with another loved one. You here for this next hour and change on the podcast. Let's keep it going with Drink of the Week. Drink of the Week. Nazdrovia. Salud. Drink of the Week. Trasher. Drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the week. Brian, what uh, what are you bringing to drink this week? Listen, it is, um, you know, the first weekend of March, so I'm doing what any normal American would do, and that's to go into the archives in your beer fridge and pull out a holiday white ale from Ooh. Sam Adams. Um, you know, most people would sit there and say, oh, it's, it's March. I'm going to start drinking my Guinnesses for upcoming St. Patrick's Day. No, 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 no. I'm clearing out the oldies. And here we look at that haze. Look at that that look. Sam Adams Holiday White A's is crisp and zesty with holiday flavors like cinnamon, nutmeg, and a dusting of orange peel. Just perfect. Just perfect for a Sunday night. Whether I'm spicing up the holidays, keep in mind this was uh, uh, two and a half months ago, spicing up the holiday office party or looking for the perfect already wrapped gift Two months ago, white ale is light and bright with enough hop character to cheer me on through through this holiday season. Sit back and enjoy the holiday frenzy. Coming in at a 5.8 ABV, 82% score for Beer Advocate. This is Sam Adams Holiday White Ale. There you go. Well, it is. I mean, it is Easter season now. Uh, more importantly, it's my officially my birthday month. So I guess that's technically a holiday for us here at the podcast. Will we be celebrating your birthday next week? 
Um, I, my, I figured we might will as well. It, will next week be the official birthday episode where yes, we um, do a "This Is Your Life." Yes, we'll we'll run it back that as means, you like to say. How is the how is the beer? Um, by the way, we got all we got all tied up in me. It make it about you. <laughs> it's okay. It tastes like um, it tastes like soda to a certain a non. Um, it's too uh, carbonated. It feels it. like it's uh, I'm drinking a, a beer flavored seltzer. That's how I would describe it. I'm giving this. Two thumbs down. Ron, what are you drinking yes. this week? Uh, so this week, Brian, I pulled something. I think I've had this on the show before, but I'm not quite sure. In honor of the uh, Glasgow uh, Willy Wonka experience that uh, went viral this past week uh, from Pontoon Brewing, this is the Snozberry Crumble. It's a Berliner style vice. How do they describe it here? Uh, with cherry, blackberry, black currant, graham cracker, cinnamon, vanilla, and your favorite and mine, lactose. Uh, this is clocking in at, does this even have an alcohol content on it? Is that even legal to not list the alcohol content? 6.5%. Uh, it's got a nice tart looking uh, body to it. You say that's kind of a reddish hue to that beer? I would agree with that. Oh, yeah. Now I remember this one. It's tart. It's definitely tart. It's tasty. But it's a you little like on, the, on the tart side. I do like tart. It just kind of, uh, you know, kind of, kind of catches you off guard that first sip. So it's a little too tart, is what you're saying? It's a little too tart. It's got a little twang at the end. Regardless, a significant upgrade um, over last week's drink of the week. Oh well, come on. Last week, but for those people that missed out last week, we were drink. By the way, is my neckline more exposed than yours? It might be. You're showing a little bit kind more of, uh, chest than I am this week. Billy's asking, is it sour? It's a little sour. More tart than sour, I would say. What's the difference between tart and sour? I look at sour as uh, almost like uh, almost like a bitterness, whereas a tartness is more like a citrusy uh, vibe to me. I'll take it. I'll take that. All right. I'll accept Very good. it. Very I'll good. It. Well, uh, you know what's up, Brian? Beef of the week. Brian's Beef of the Week. All right, Brian, what's bothering you this week? I've got a couple. First okay. off, <clears throat> let me clear my throat because this is getting important. I have an update from my Beef of the Week last week. Um, last week, uh, for uh, regular viewers, people that are um, know the deal, my beef of the week last week was BetMGM for offering a $150 bonus bet um, right. for signing up for their service. So I uh, signed up for the service. I put down the minimum deposit. I gambled with it, won a little bit, um, and did not receive my modus bet. Well, earlier this week, I... Um, I found on the app a place where I could reach out for customer service. So I did send okay. a message uh, complaining as to why I did not get my bonus back. I finally heard back last night, got an email back from BetMGM. I'm okay. not going to read it because I deleted the email. I just, Was it Jamie Foxx directly emailing you about it or some someone lower on no. the totem pole? No, if it was, if it was Jamie Foxx, it would be all um, – uh, uh, poorly typed because of his uh, recent stroke. Um, 
um, excuse me, Illuminati-induced uh, stroke from what, uh, if you listen to, if you believe Cat Williams. But their uh, message was uh, basically, the gist of it was, we're sorry that you didn't receive that promotion. Currently, our promotion is $100 in bonus bets if you refer a new user. Click this link to get somebody to join. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the ball's the on fuck that. you. The fuck you that these people were issued to me via email. Just brutal. So um, I will be uh, trying to figure out how I can uh, delete my account, let alone um, uh, delete the app. I will never be using BetMGM. So, so in essence, they, they basically emailed you and was like, uh, uh, Brian, if you really want to do the work, uh, you need to bring more people into the fold. You need to bring five followers. You need to bring five Correct. followers. They went, they went full cult on you. Yes. So that is, that is my update of the beef. My okay. second, um, and this is my uh, preliminary. What? what the fuck was that? <laughs> I have no idea. Where those what did you do? From. I didn't do a damn thing. Yeah. Where did the balloons come from? I, I have no idea. I've got my hands up. That was not me. <laughs> Holy shit. What did I say? I said something that triggered balloons. Um Oh, this is not, this is, this is weird. My, okay. So, um, my next beef is, um, that my nose has been running for about four days now. And if mm. you see me do this, it's because I don't want it to be visible that I have mucus just running down my upper lip. So I'm going right. to be wiping my nose. I probably should get some tissues in here. I don't think I have any. Um, hold on. I think I do have some tissues. So I'll be using All tissues right. this week. Um, All right, good. good I, I, I can't stop my nose running this week. It has been very <laughs> frustrating. Um, <clears throat> though my real beef of the week, let's get to it. The oh, real so that was a follow up beef. So you have an actual beef of the week. Ah, uh, hot damn! See how wet that is. <laughs> actually, look right through it. That is mucus. Uh, good point. Uh, Allie uh, thinks maybe you're hanging with Matt too much. A little bit of the nose candy. No, no, no. My real beef of the week. As um, loyal listeners of the show know, uh, about a month or so ago, I was complaining about being um, irregular with my bowel movements, that I had gone through a stretch of about five days where I had not done a number two, done a lot of number ones, but not a number two in that stretch. So everybody, um, I think it was the Patreon we talked about it. So those after dark people um, are, are, are more uh, sensitive to my bowel movements. Um. So I went out and I made an appointment with a gastroenterologist and um, made an appointment to go see them. Went earlier this week. Left work early. I had a three o'clock appointment with my gastroenterologist. Okay. What time do you think it was when I got called in from the waiting room? Um, I So it was a three o'clock appointment. You checked in. Three o'clock right appointment. Three o'clock. I yep. am going to say 422. Hmm. No, not that bad. 355, right. they called my name. That's still pretty bad. Twice I walked up to the front desk to ask how much longer I was going to have to wait. Both times I was told, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, well, if you don't know, who else would know? Right. I who, the, who back there might have minutes. an idea? Oh, the just is the American healthcare system where you can be made to wait for 55 minutes 
and not receive an apology, still be expected to pay your copay. They have right. to make their money. The just the 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 blatant disrespect for my time, my feelings. What did I just complain about my feelings? Ah, oh, God, I'm going to regret that. Um, do, do you just want, do you want uh, to talk about your feelings, Brian? Not right now. Not right now. Right. You know what I do want to talk about is this. Is that um, as I got out of the gastroenterologist, I received this bag. Okay. I was told that because of my irregularities, I might also want to take some Dulcolax, Dulcolax, whatever it's called. Dulcolax. To take four of those in addition to whatever the fuck this is. So on March 13th, people. Oh, they give you, you, they give are- you the whole thing. So that's like uh, that's like Miralax there. You got to fill that yeah. up with like water or, or uh, green Gatorade, right? I got to fill up to this line. Yep. This line. Keep in mind, I'm just. This is the first time I'm seeing this thing. This is intimidating. This is <laughs> utterly intimidating. That I have to drink all of this yep. just to get a clean colon. So I'll be filling this with water on March 13th. For people who are um, on our Patreon, you're going to want to keep your. Um, your phone's handy. Keep your laptops happy. I will be putting a lot of content on our um, Patreon that day. Videos of me on the bowl. You will be able to hear it. You know, it's behind the paywall. So this way, you don't have to worry about the kids listening. You need a credit card to be paying for it. Um, but we will make sure that there are lots. Ew, and then, hold on. There's a lemon flavor pack tucked in on the side. There you go. <laughs> yes. March fourth, March fourteenth is the is the um, colonoscopy. So March thirteenth, I think that is a Wednesday. People, um, if you're not a member of our Patreon, go to our website now. Click the what's the website? Ronandbrianpodcast.com. Click the go. link in the upper right hand corner, and you will be able to receive notification on March thirteenth when I start my colon cleanse. Updated throughout. Maybe we'll put some stuff on Twitter. Um, social media to try and drive more traffic to it. But if you want to hear me taking dumps um, multiple times, uh, there will be video. I will say, I will say this. Uh, I would get yourself some lemon lime uh, Gatorade to mix that in. Cause it will mask the taste a little bit the, better than just pure water. So what am I you supposed can't... to, so I'm, supp- I'm supposed to Gatorade, put the Gatorade in the jug. Yeah. Put or drink it. What I did what I did, you did the my, I, I, well, I had to, I had to like get like containers of Miralax and mix it up myself. Um, like Billy said, your doctor, I didn't same here. Billy had to buy all of his stuff. I had to buy all of my stuff. So that's actually a pretty nice deal that they gave you everything they needed together. But I had to mix up like, you know, a gallon container and drink it a gallon at a time. And it's, it's a little chalky. So you want to have another flavor in there other than just pure water. But you can't do red Gatorade. Okay. You can't do orange Gatorade. You can't do blue Gatorade. You can only do the, the green Gatorade. Because, well, that, did they tell you to like stay away from like red Jello and and things like that? I got a piece of paper the uh, uh, to go with to, to help me prep. I have not read it yet. All right, there's there's some there's some prep stuff. Certain medications you have to stop. You know, you're not supposed to. You know, nuts, uh, fruits with heavy skins, things like that. So. Read through it. Wait, I'm not allowed to nut before this thing? That you can do. You can do that even during the process if you want. Um, uh, I, I, I did ask if I could go to Taco Bell the night before. 
Um, <laughs> he just kind of stared at me. Ron, let me ask you a question. Um, yeah. As somebody who recently did have their colonoscopy not that long ago, um, what's bothering you this week? <laughs> um, so my beef of the week this week, Brian, I'm not sure who exactly my beef is with, uh, but I will tell you that the, the big news here in the Philadelphia area is that the Philadelphia Phillies announced that they were are not going to have any dollar dog days during this upcoming season. They have had dollar hot dog days. I think going back to 1997, uh, with last uh, last week, sure, uh, or last season being the last one. Apparently, they will do uh, buy one get one. So hot dogs are five dollars, so you'll get two for five dollars. But instead bad. of but the dollar dog, it's a tradition, and I think I think part of the blame lies with social media because I would say all of it. <laughs> Because, it, you know, dollar dog days used to somewhat fly under the radar, like people knew about them. Sure. But then people would take it upon themselves to go to the stadium and attempt to eat as many hot dogs as possible. Mm -hmm. I think the, so the last dollar, the last dollar dog day they did at Citizens Bank Park. Would you like to guess how many hot dogs they sold that day? I'm going to say, what is attendance there? About 40,000? Uh, I think pro you're probably 45, 50,000 range. Okay. We'll call it 45. I'm going to say the stadium wasn't packed. There were 38,000 people there. We'll go 35, 35,000. Not everybody was doing it. I'm going to say they sold 100,000 hot dogs. A little on the high side. Yeah, they sold 41,000 hot dogs. All right. Not That's still a lot of hot dogs. Right. But like right. you would I mean, literally see people, vegans. You would literally see people, you know, having, you know, 10, 12, 15 hot dogs. Of course. I think I, I think I sent you um, a video of a guy uh, relaying a, a story from his cousin and Allie saying this too, because of food fights in the stands, there was this guy who went on, on TikTok talking about how, you know, his, his cousin had finished a 13th hot dog and somebody in the, in like in the back was like do 14 and like threw a hot dog at him, which then apparently resulted in just hot dogs being thrown at this man. And then when security came into the, the section, video. And then when security came into the area, just people just randomly throwing hot dogs at the security guards as well. Wait a second. There's security at Citizens Park? <laughs> there is. What? I didn't there know. is. Really? Man, Philly's not what it used to be. What I remember was, um, and I guess you sent me a lot of videos and then it got onto my algorithm. What I remember was the one hot dog per inning challenge that a lot of people were doing, where each yeah. inning they were eating a hot dog. And the, the thing that's brutal about that is you can probably do nine hot dogs in the first like hour, like before your stomach really gets a sense of to settle in. But if you're starting in the first inning and you are still eating your ninth hot dog three hours yeah. later, I mean, yeah. you're stuck. I mean, the amount of bread that you've put in there, I imagine you're stomach. I mean, that's more difficult than just trying to eat nine hot dogs. Yeah. Um, I was actually looking forward to giving it a shot this year, but apparently we're not. But two for five. I mean, it's not bad, but it's it certainly, you know, it's not the same. It's not the same because then you're paying what you're paying forty five dollars for well, sure. no, am I doing the math right? No, you're paying like twenty dollars for twenty twenty five dollars for nine innings versus um, nine dollars. Correct. It's, it's Correct. Bidenomics it's is really Correct. no one wants to say it, but this is Joe Biden's America, Brian. Listen, when Donald Trump was president, we had dollar hot dogs. We had we dollar had the hot COVID. dog days. We also had COVID. We also had COVID that was that literally shut down um, uh, the ability to attend a baseball game. But let's not blame Donald Trump for that. We handled that we, very well. Brian, we can look at COVID just like we look at the flu. That's all there is to it. 
Speaking of which, did you see that the um, CDC announced yesterday that if you are COVID positive, if you so long as you are not um, uh, exhibiting signs of a fever, you do not need to quarantine or isolate at all anymore. Yeah, it's uh, it's listen, we have reached. It's, a, it's that, just like everything else. I think we said it a few years ago. There, there is a level of death that Americans find acceptable for certain situations, whether it's sure. alcohol gun violence, COVID, you know, as long as it gets to a level where, you know, only a certain percentage of the population is sure. dying. A good point when you get COVID for the ninth time, like Billy says, you won't need to isolate this time. For all, I, I haven't tested for COVID in about two years. So for all I know, I've had it nine times. I could have it's it right now. No, yeah, you never know. You never, never know. Um, so maybe what that's do we why got this beer tastes flat. Maybe we got. <laughs> maybe that's why the beer is, is not hitting me that well. Ron, I think we start off with the stories of the week, no? Okay. I think you're you're correct, Brian. What uh, what story did you bring to the table this week? Okay, first off, I'm going to bring a complaint, and I know for those people who are um, uh, fans of the show who listen regularly, um, you know, uh, it, it's shocking to them that I would bring a complaint to the table. But earlier this week, hold on, I think I'm going to sneeze. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I have a cold. Um, Earlier this week, you can put a photo. Do we have a photo of Aaron Bushnell? Trigger warning. We do. Aaron Bushnell. Okay. So um, uh, Aaron Bushnell, a member of the U.S. Air Forces, um, uh, died after setting himself on fire outside of the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C., after screaming free Palestine. There is a video online for those who want to do a little digging. Go to Reddit, um, where you will see that Mr. Bushnell, um, spelled B-U-S-H-N-E-L-L, um, he uh, poured a liquid all over the top half of his body, struggled to light himself on fire before finally being able to light, I believe it was his pants, um, quickly caught on fire, I would say, that he was quickly engulfed in flames within a matter of maybe four. Did you watch this video yet? It, it was a, yes, it was a very uh, disturbing video. Well, I'm sorry. What I meant to say was how many times have you watched this video? That's That was really the actual question I meant to ask. Um, is his face actually blurred? Here in yes. this, it is blurred. If you go to Reddit, I believe it's the r slash Palestine uh, subreddit. You can watch the entire video of him approaching the concert while walking, setting the phone down. He is talking to the camera. My story here this week, my story of the week, Aaron Bushnell, um, you know, is a U.S. Armed Service uh, member who is outraged by what he felt is a genocide going on in Gaza. And he felt that the best way that he could bring attention to the plight of the Gazans, Gazans, Gazians, Gaz, I think Gazanians, correct. The Gazans is to just is to um, uh, set himself on fire and immediately die. I, I mean, there, there are a couple options. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't go with the get on a plane and fly to Gaza and join a um, aid society to actually help the people. Um, he felt, hey, let me just, you know, burn myself to death. That's really going to do a lot of good. Um, people are going to really remember me. I mean, the best thing that he has to look forward to now is when Rage Against the Machine puts out their best of um, a compilation album in three years, he's going to be on the cover of it, um, you know, and uh, maybe we'll get a bomb track. 
Sorry. Um, Ron. Unfortunately, he didn't die right away. I mean, I think he he held on for like a day. Like it's it's a very oh, no, uh, very disturbing video to watch. Oh. I wasn't that disturbed at all by it. I've watched decapitation videos for the past like 12 years. Like if there's like usacrime.com, one of my favorite websites of all time, when those fuckers decided to put the good videos behind their paywall, that's when I got upset. Um, I forgot what the, what the, what that website was called before they renamed it USA crime. Um, but I am so used to watching videos of people getting killed. Um, you know, even Instagram is starting my, my algorithm. Now, when I go into the real section on Instagram, half of them are like graphic video, please click this. If you want to watch, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm watching this shit. And it's usually people walking across this, you know, a crowded street getting hit by a car flipping around or, you know, whatnot. I mean, hard to, uh, hard to imagine you being desensitized to other people. Wow. Ron, anyway, what's your story of the week? My story, not as somber. Uh, it's kind of a, I almost, it almost falls under fuck around and find out. Uh, a court in Ireland dismissed a mother's $820,000 insurance claim after a picture emerged of her winning a contest to see who could, who could toss a tree the furthest. Uh, Camilla Grabska, uh, had claimed that a car accident back in 2019 left her with debilitating pain, leaving her unable to lift heavy bags and keeping her in bed on bad days. And then uh, apparently someone in the courts uh, noticed this picture of her in a local contest um, heaving a Christmas tree. Um, she had sued her insurance ah. company on the basis that she could not work for over five years, claiming past and future loss of earnings. Um, this photo was then published in the newspaper almost a year after the accident. She actually won the Christmas tree throwing contest. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Based on that height she's getting, that is fairly impressive. Well, um, I, I would have gone more horizontal with force. She got she got height on this thing. Yeah. Um, now, she when she was cross-examined in court about this, she said she still felt pain when she threw the Christmas tree and was smiling in photos because she was trying to, quote, live a normal life. Um, but Judge Carmel Stewart, uh, who presided over the case, said she had no choice but to dismiss the claim because of the picture, which was at odds with the medical evidence provided. I think that's reasonable. And then apparently there was also... Agree? Yeah, I agree. There was also apparently video of her play wrestling with a Dalmatian, a large Dalmatian dog for up to an hour and a half. Man, this is the thing. If you're going to do insurance fraud uh, these days, you need to lock all your shit down, your social media, everything else. Like it is so easy for, you know, these insurance companies are going to try and to keep that money from you. Yeah. Yeah. And unless until you get that check, you have to, you know, what was it? Was it the prestige uh, uh, movie with Christian Bale where, um, you know, it was just, you know, they were talking about this um, uh, magician who was literally like living the life, you know, at all right. times, 24 hours a day. Like if you're going to do this level of insurance fraud, you can't be taking part in Christmas tree th uh, content, throwing contact. You no. got to act as if outside of the house, you are physically damaged at all times, especially until you get the check. Once you get the check, hopefully, you know, things start to cool off, wait a couple of years, then you could start going out there and start lifting heavy objects. Um, yeah. 
I mean, he needs to wait. Like this is this was literally within a year after the accident that she's yeah, you know uh, trying to participate in Christmas tree throwing contests. Yeah, you can't. You just can't do that. It doesn't make sense. It does and not things, make sense anymore, people. Things need to make sense, Brian. Um, so we have a, a couple of. Uh, we try and stay away from politics, but every now and then uh, we get uh, we get stories that just they drag us back in, don't they, Brian? They yeah. just, we try to escape and they brag us back. back in. So first going up to Massachusetts, um, where there is a, a candidate. Uh, she is running to represent a Boston area district um, in the uh, Massachusetts Republican Party State Committee, um, who apparently is an avowed neo-Nazi who has pledged the mass expulsion of Jews from the United States uh, the woman's name is Lori Kaufman, pictured here, and she posted on her uh, her Twitter account last weekend. Don't forget, I'll likely get voted into office on March fifth. <clears throat> Long term goals are to ban same sex marriage, and then in parentheses, never should have been legalized, and trans will be illegal. Yes, illegal. I will also exile all Jews. Um, Whoa. According, <laughs> uh, according to a local news outlet, um, they said about her, quote, she divides her love between Kanye West and Hitler and blames a COVID-19 shot for giving her stage four brain cancer. She has also posted a meme of herself holding a payphone with the words, hi, Hitler, it's 2024 here and we're requesting your assistance. What is her OnlyFans? I just wondering what she's charging. We'll have to see. Um, so we've seen uh, photos like this for a couple of weeks, and that's definitely an OnlyFans photo. Yeah, she she had apparently been running as a ticket with state committee candidate uh, uh, Daniel Kelly, uh, but now apparently hates him because he publicly supported Israel. So uh, it will be interesting to see. So next week, uh, hopefully, uh, Boston uh, shows that they're a little bit better than that. I mean. I don't know how as a, a, a city or a state you could potentially defend, you know, it would be one thing if this came out after the fact, but she's literally just putting it out on her Twitter account and talking about this. All right, Brian, how much have you uh, given to her, uh, her campaign? Uh, I have not, I have not donated to her campaign. Uh, and she may not also be the worst uh, GOP uh, candidate that, uh, made the news this week. That might go to Daryl Leon McClanahan III. Judging by that name, yes, he is from the South. He is uh, the Missouri GOP candidate for governor. And uh, this photo came out recently. Uh, pictures of him next to a, a Klan member in a cape burning a cross, um, posing in front of the uh, Iron Cross uh, flag. So, uh, But apparently, Brian... He said it's not as bad as it seems because he was only a quote honorary member in the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, oh yeah. okay. I think that's reasonable. I mean, he didn't he didn't get the uh, the robe or the hood. Right. He still has to um, show you know obviously that he's wearing some type of you know um, all access laminate that he uh, around his neck on that picture on the right. Um, <clears throat> I will say he's got the right angle for the arm in the air. You know, if you right. look at, you know, um, it's clearly you know, not his practice. first time making the uh, the Hitler salute without. A doubt. Absolutely. I swear to um, God, the South here is so scary. 
the South in this country is just fucking scary. I mean, the, the North is getting pretty bad too uh, in some areas, but that was well, well, that, I mean, that's, only in Massachusetts. <laughs> that's some of the, uh, the political uh, candidates we've seen this week. Uh, corporations, Brian also took a bit of a beating this past week, uh, starting off with Wendy's when it was announced that they are were apparently planning uh, Uber-style surge pricing where burger prices could fluctuate based on demand. Now, we have, we've talked in the past, Brian. There are very sure. uh, few issues where the internet can band together uh, against something. Sure. But this, this was one of those few issues. Um, you, you fuck with people's fast food, Brian, and it doesn't matter sure. what side of the aisle you're on. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what your religious views are. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. People do not want to pay more for a Baconator at lunch than they would in the early afternoon. Is Wendy's really that popular that people, cause the, the idea is this, I actually don't have a huge problem with this. <clears throat> Okay. In the sense of, as long as they are advertising, hey, we're super busy right now, we're slammed, and therefore, we are going to raise prices while we are going through this crunch, and in hopes that as we raise prices, it will lower the demand so that we can operate at a normal, steady pace. I don't have a problem with this. I mean, if you actually look at what it is like to work in a fat, and obviously, I've only watched the videos of fast food um, workers when they are going through some type of trial or tribulation. But if you look at the videos, it looks like a test, a really, um, you know, an emotional grind with the way you are treated. People, you know, um, you know, the customers treat you openly, disrespectfully. If there's anything wrong with their work, well, you know what, make them pay a little bit more. Um, to, uh, uh, to 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 get back into a more realistic expectation of what kind of service they can expect. I mean, I'll say this: I, I worked fast food in my younger days, and dealing with customers back then was horrific. I, I can't even imagine. Well, you see, you see the videos these days of what people sure. So apparently, actually, Ali just Ali makes a great point here. They're going to raise the prices, but they aren't going to raise the pay. And that's right. bullshit. That's a great point. That is an absolutely great point. Yes. Keep going, Ron. What was it like? It was, it was just, you know, I uh, when I first started off, I worked for Burger King, home of the Whopper. You may be familiar with them. Yep. And I, uh, I worked weekend maintenance. So I was the guy that got there at like six in the morning and, you know, would, would change the fryers, wash the floors. like. And the best thing was like the majority of my day, did not involve um, dealing with customers because I, sure. you know, but then I eventually moved more into like regular hours. And it was just, I remember uh, we, uh, I remember we, we packed somebody's order. He had picked it up for, mm-hmm. I guess, for his lunch, for his buddies. Um, and we realized after he had left that we had forgotten a Whopper. So when he came back, I saw him coming through the door. So I knew we had forgotten one of his one of his items. I grabbed a freshly made Whopper. I put it in a bag. And as he came up and he was like, you, you forgot my effing Whopper. I'm like, sorry, sir. Yes, we realized that after you left. Here's, here's your replacement Whopper. We apologize. He took the bag. He turned sideways to face the dining room, dropped it, and kicked it across the entire restaurant. Really? And we were just like, all right, you have a good day then, sir. Yeah, that's on you, buddy. That's on our fault. Right. I have a question, Ron. You said that you used to show up to work around 6 a.m. 
Uh, those were in the younger days. Now it's, you know, I was going to say 11. What happened? Yeah. What happened to that famous <laughs> uh, uh, Ron work ethic that, you know, you used to be able to be um, so proud of? It's, it seems to be the opposite. Now, nowadays you're just sitting there being like, well, I just ended a meeting. Guess I earned myself a nap. <laughs> you know, now you, you work yourself to a level, you know, where, you know, a, a good 15, 20 hour work week is, is enough. Sure. So stressful. So stressful. By the uh, way, also, where's the belt? Where's uh, the, belt? the belt? Actually, I have it back on the uh, the back shelf this uh, this week. It's kind of blocked by my uh, my my name showing up. Let me see if I if I take the name down real quick. Disrespectful of the belt. Where is where is? You may that as well just drop it. You may as well just drop it on. See, the there's floor. the belt. You can now. you can see the belt right oh. over there. All right. Thank you. Thank um, you much. I feel better now. I feel better. Also getting dragged this week, uh, the Kellogg's CEO. Uh, who said, you know, you should uh, you should eat cereal for dinner. Shouldn't be complaining sure. that prices are going up so much. Um, so this was uh, Gary Pilnick, uh, chairman and CEO of Kellogg, whose annual compensation apparently is uh, over $4 million. Uh, he uh, was on CNBC's Squawk yeah. on the Street and urged consumers to consider swapping out their usual dinner for a bowl of cereal. And they're even, I don't know if you saw it, Brian, they even have commercials now with Tony the Tiger, um, you know, saying, hey, folks, Frosted Flakes for dinner is great. I have to admit, I grew up in a, you know, in a, uh, a lower middle class home. We did have cereal for dinner at times. And I'm going to tell you something. Sure. To be able to knock out a bowl of Cheerios with some raisins and a banana uh, for dinner on a, uh, on a Sunday evening, that thing was delicious. Um, I'm not going to complain. I actually think that's not a bad idea. Um, however, to be, um, however, for a CEO of an American corporation to sit there and say, Hey, Americans, you're all going through some tough times, you know, instead of actually putting, you know, vegetables in front of your kids, just, why don't you just feed them some grains? Like we're fucking cows. Um, shameless, shameless. Well, now, I mean, what we, kind of profits are they pulling in? Because I remember the, they they uh, they increased prices during the pandemic, oh yeah. made the boxes smaller, and uh, are reporting uh, record profits. Fuck them. Yeah, and, and you know the the general response uh, on the internet was like you know people saying you know for those times in my life I was eating breakfast for dinner I wasn't doing well. But to your point, yeah. it's good every now and then. Like if you don't feel like cooking, you know maybe yeah. a nice bowl of uh, frosted mini wheats. Um, you know, Crispex. I'm a big fan of Crispex. I don't like I don't like uh, the sweet cereals as much as I used to. Not anymore. I can't eat that shit. What is Crispex? Crispex is like a uh, rice, almost like a Czech type uh, uh, grain cereal. Uh, Little I don't think I've milk. ever had these. I highly recommend it. Used to. I was on a grape nuts kick for a while. Oh, grape nuts. That is a that's a rough, rough cereal. I mean. The damage that that, that that grape nuts does to your inner cheek, because that's literally <laughs> like chewing on just, you know, literal stones. No right. amount of soaking. That's a thing. That's what I remember about grape nuts was no matter how long you had them sitting in milk, they softened not one bit. Like no. Rice Krispies, Rice Krispies would literally start breaking apart within seconds of being exposed to milk. Um, Cheerios would take a little while to soften, yep. even like a, a corn flavor. But you get a, a bowl of grape nuts that you could go back to it twenty minutes later, scoop it out, and you are just grinding on those teeth after it. Mm. 
That's your thing. Interesting. Thank you. Brian asking from his ivory tower, what is Crispex? Yes, very nice. And Billy nailed it. About? Crispex is crispy times too. It's rice and corn, Brian. It is crispy times too. Do you have any cereal? Speaking of which, do you have any cereal in your palatial palace right now? No, we do not. We this is not a cereal. This is a uh this is a bread breakfast household. So we'll okay. we'll do some uh we'll do some toast with our coffee in the morning or on a Saturday we'll make some eggs um okay. with some bread. Like this is not a um uh you know, I, I don't even know if I have like the standard Jewish um lactose intolerance issue. I just don't like just I don't really um I think I got tired of buying milk and throwing it out. So somebody recently introduced me to lactate. Is that it? Lactate, lactate yeah. Lact- yep. Where it's like it's somehow milk, but it lasts for like four months in the fridge. I don't understand how that's possible. Cause I remember when I was buying milk, regular, you know, like red cat milk. Um Four days later, you'd have to throw that shit out because it would right. start turning. Somehow this stuff lasts in the fridge for two months. Um, but I've got lactate in the house. The lady likes it with her coffee. Um, but I'm pretty much a uh, – I can't even remember the last time I had milk. Um, okay. That's not true. I probably had some cream at some point. But that's neither here nor there. But I'm not a cereal person. All right. I'm a cereal. Sure. What about Mrs. Ron? Does Mrs. Ron like cereal? Uh, she, you know, she's not a huge fan. She, she'll do like a, a protein bar in the morning. I kind of rotate mm-hmm. depending on my mood. I, I'll do like half a bagel some days. I'll do cereal some other days. Um, I also am a fan of uh, blueberry egos, like uh, just a couple of them. No syrup, just just you know the the blueberries make them mm. sweet enough. Just toast a couple right. of those, and it's a good breakfast. See, that's a dangerous habit because before you know it, I'm putting a little butter on it. Then I am <laughs> going to put a little syrup, and next thing you know, I'm getting fat again. We don't want to. We don't want that to happen. It's all about control, Brian. Um, more important that's question for you, Brian. Sure. What are you watching? Oh, um, so last night the lady and I watched The Whale, which was I probably I want to say two or three years old. Uh, Brendan Fraser's return to Hollywood. Um, where he plays a morbidly obese man um, in his, uh, uh, you know, last days as he tries to connect with his daughter. Um, brutal. Like, I did not know. that I, I, I really had not exposed myself much to that movie when it was out. I knew that he played a fat person. I did not have an understanding of how large an individual um uh, he was playing. I am very surprised that I'm not aware of any protests that were happening by the plus size community who were upset that a, um, that a average weighted person, um, was wearing basically, um, uh, what sort of thinking of, um, add-ons, uh, fat suits, um, um, as opposed to, um, Hollywood going out and hiring a 700 pound actor, um, to play that role. Uh, just there's one scene where he's in the bathroom taking a shower and it's basically like he's got the um, uh, the washcloth taped to a stick. Yeah. And he's just like, you know, lifting full. Oh, it was just, it's just brutal to watch. Really, like a- afterwards, um, I think we finished it probably around like 9, 9.30 and I said to the lady, I was like, so what do you want to watch? And she was like, something a little bit more lighthearted. And I was like, <laughs> well, I don't think we're going to, I don't, we're not going to struggle. Was just, the, the ending was gut-wrenching. Like, the ending oh, yeah. was absolutely just just tore the heart right out of you. Well, what I thought was really impressive was how 
they genuinely made him look worse and worse oh, throughout yeah. the movie. And the thing is, it, it's, it was based on a play, which I did not realize. Um, but it takes, you know, it takes place over like less than a week. Um, right. It all takes place inside of his apartment because he can't, he, he can't leave the house. He's that big. So, um, so I watched that. I also started watching a show on Apple Plus called Constellation. Um, I don't know about if you've watched it. I have it now. I don't know. I'm two episodes in, and it's um, it, I, I'm it's not grabbed me yet, and they're still setting up the story. It takes it's okay. it's another space story. Um, American and Russian astronauts are at the International Space Station. They are running t- some type of experiment. That actor Jonathan Banks from Breaking Bad, uh, Mr. Okay. Erman Trout. Um, yep. He is um, overseeing. They're not really. Um, uh, it's some type of top secret laser lasers. Um, kind of confusing. Um, and uh, two episodes in, uh, the uh, the astronauts start to die. Um, then they get rushed back to uh, Earth, um, and somehow the space time continuum seems to have shifted. Hmm. That's where we are. Two episodes in. I'm not sure I'm going to like it, but I will not quit it. Um, right. I mean, that's Stephen what I King tweeted week. that he liked the first two episodes. So that's why I was kind of interested in maybe checking it out. I'm not going to give up on it, but I find it confusing. All right. That all you're watching? <laughs> Blow your nose. Um, so what am I watching, you ask, Brian? Of course. Um, so uh, my wife keeps catching up on the latest episodes of Love is Blind, which just not that I have a lot of faith in humanity to begin with, but it just it just sucks the soul out of me. I can't. Um, Don't you judge her a little bit? Don't you judge her a little bit as a human person that this is what she does for her entertainment? Because I know people that watch that 90 Day Fiance, and I have to admit, she also likes uh, Married at First Sight. So, you know, listen, I have, uh, you know, as she often says, you know, you watch pro wrestling, so you don't have a lot of room to talk. And I'm like, fair. Fair, 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 fair. (laughs) But uh, so I started watching. Um, a new docuseries on Netflix that we called American Conspiracy, The Octopus Murders. Um, it is. Uh, I watched four two episodes today. I knocked out two. Holy shit. Holy shit. Is. Well, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll give you my. Or maybe I knocked out one. Talk so, to me. Uh, what are your thoughts? We've, Describe we've watched, it first for the people. We've watched three episodes. We've got one more to go. So basically it starts off about this, uh, this, this uh, filmmaker who is investigating the 1991 death of a journalist named Danny Casolaro, uh, who, uh, you know, the, the record is that he committed suicide in a hotel Correct. in West Virginia. However, when One they, of your when hotels they into, or no? Uh, no, this was a Sheraton, I believe. Um, so they, they noticed like they, they questioned whether it was a suicide because he had literally like slashed one arm eight times, the other four, the one he slashed so deep that his hand wouldn't have even been able to work to cut the other arm. Mm-hmm. Regardless, as the, as they, so they, they dig into this book that he was writing that was uh, looking into this case called the Inslaw case, where this is back in the eighties, this company called Inslaw mm-hmm. had started to develop a computer program called promise because, you know, back before the internet, there wasn't really a way for police departments and, and law enforcement to track cases and things. So this was like revolutionary um, software that this Insula contracted with 
with the DOJ to develop. And then apparently mm -hmm. the DOJ drove this company into bankruptcy. And as mm -hmm. they dig further and further into it, you he he finds about what what uh, what Danny Castellaro referred to as the octopus. And it's all these um, these major things that happened in American history where it ties back to these eight individuals um, involved in, you know, government at the highest levels. We're talking uh, George Bush senior. We're talking William Casey, former head of the FBI, all former government officials, security officials. They even put up like this, this diagram throughout where like one arm is the October surprise that helped Reagan get elected back in 1980. Yes. Uh, the default of the savings and loan industry. Like, so basically it ties together government with organized crime, drug dealing, casinos, everything else, but worldwide. So it is like, mm -hmm. it's a bunch of shady characters. Um, and it's one of those documentaries where you don't know whose word to take, but it's also one of those things where in the back of your mind, you're like, not, not that hard to believe. It's not a stretch to believe that our government would be involved in this kind of stuff. Yeah. From what I've seen so far, I stopped, I, I got to the point where they were talking about the October surprise, which right. was that the, um, uh, the Reagan campaign in 1980, when they were running against Jimmy Carter, negotiated with the Iranian government to hold back releasing U.S. hostages until after Election Day. So this way, Americans could go into the um, uh, the election booth angry at a feckless Jimmy Carter and vote with their hearts for Ronald Reagan, um, even though the Iranian government was already willing to give up hostages. That's where I got to. Um, so far, everything that I've watched, utterly believable. I don't, it has not reached that point of, oh, this is a conspiracy theory. Um, the idea that the, um, the Republican Party in 1980 would come up with, hey, let's do something shady that is going to benefit us and then um, deal with the um, after effects of it with some more shady shit. Um, this is the same campaign. This is the same administration that um, ha, um, openly agreed um, to the Iran-Contra um, here uh, scandal, right. which was- and they, tie in, um, they tie in the Iran-Contra scandal in episode two. Yeah. So the idea that that administration was would have been above- um, you know, uh, uh, bankrupting an American company so that they could steal the proprietary um, uh, software that this company had created to use it for their own um, benefit and their friends of the administration's benefit. Very believable. I'm interested to see where the story goes. Yeah. I mean, in episode two, you know, they get more into some other murders that are tied um, mm -hmm. to... Uh, this case uh, and then you know it's it's a very interesting documentary it's it's very believable um mm -hmm. i mean there's i'm not even going to spoil episode three for you but there's a part Please of don't. episode three where i just like literally like shook my head and was like if this is real this is fucking ridiculous and you will know that, that, was that when you get to it is that the episode when they said that um, Attorney General Edwin Meese announced that for as long as um, uh, it would be possible, he was going to ensure that dollar dog nights would continue at <laughs> Citizen Park Bank? Like, is that uh, what, you know, when he said that he was personally going to fund dollar dog nights? Um, is that, that the part when you yet. were just like, <sighs> head explode right there in your uh, suburban home? 
Maybe that's in the final episode. I will. Uh, I'll let you know if that comes up. But definitely, uh, definitely check it out. Four episodes, uh, about okay. an hour. Yeah, each. Yeah, looks good. Definitely worth the watch, especially if you're, you know, if you're like William and you don't like uh, Ronald Reagan to begin with. This will just give you sure. some additional reasons not to. Um, right. Now, did they? Did, at any point, did they? At any point, did they interview um, Walter Hudson for the uh, documentary? Uh, they did not. Not that, not that mm, I've seen. Walter Hudson wasn't available. Yeah, wasn't available because I think he had a lot of interesting things to say about the Reagan administration. What else do we have here? Um, we've got oh, but the drag queens are the problem. Everybody was excited. They're always that we the brought problem. back one of our more popular segments last week. But the drag queens are the problem. You know, we continuously um, try to find stories where drag queens are the problem. Um, hopefully. We have some of those this week. This is going down to Kanawha County in West Virginia. A gentleman by the name of Rhett Aaron Bowen um, of Charleston. Is he a drag queen? No, I'm. Uh, he actually, uh, he was a volunteer at a vacation Bible school uh, in Kanawha City. Um, he pled guilty to two counts of first degree sexual abuse uh, in a case dating back to 2017, um, following his 2019 arrest, um, he uh, he said investigators said an additional victims came forward telling police Bowen had made sexual contact with them. Uh, he had been out on bail previously. That was revoked in 2023 after officials said he became active on social media, which con- uh, violated conditions of his bond. He will be sentenced uh, April 8th. No word on what the potential length of uh, time he's facing. Let's hope a lot of time. Uh, you would hope. Break. You would. You would hope. I mean, well, what, what would be a good amount of time? What's What's the over under on what you would think would be uh, acceptable? I'm going to say he's good. He's going to get five years. Um, mm-hmm. He should. Um, uh, he should get castrated and okay. um, be put to death. All right. There you go. Um, down in Longview, Texas, uh, this is Jennifer Puckhaber, uh, age 37. Uh, she was charged with sexual assault of a child on February 23rd in connection with a February 16th incident. incident. According to the arrest affidavit, uh, uh, the child's mother called police about messages that were sent to her child from an adult. Um, the mother had told Puck the mother told police, excuse me, Puck Haber had texted her child asking them to come into Puck Haber's room and lock the door. The child later told their mother uh, that Puck Haber had sexually assaulted them. Um, an analysis of the child's phone showed that she had sent inappropriate photos to the child. Uh, police said Puck Haber knew what she did was wrong because she texted the mother and asked her not to pursue charges because, quote, it would destroy her family. Um, She apparently was a uh, volunteer uh, at the Fellowship Bible Church, but not a member. Um, She had passed a background check. Um, However, um, she, uh, she is accused of this. And she was relieved of her volunteer duties. She posted a hundred and fifty thousand dollar bond uh, to get out of jail until her trial. That's a lot of Clearly, money. Clearly, we ha- um, we have to we have to find someone here that is a drag queen. Can I just Let say me- something that might not be politically correct right now? I mean, has has anything ever stopped you in the past? I'm I'm afraid of what those photos w- w- look like. That mugshot that you put up, I don't want to see the photos that, you know, if you had said to me, um, hey, uh, 
you know, uh, I got some photos that, you know, got leaked on the internet. I'd be like, all right, I'll see it. You know, I've been so desensitized, I think, as we've established earlier on in the show. Right. I don't right. want to see her, those photos that she was sending that child. And also, what's the definition of child in this case? Under 18? Or are we talking I would imagine under 18, yes. Yeah, I would right. imagine yeah, under no. 18. Uh, going I, back um, down to West Virginia for this next one, Brian. Um, Got to yeah. think this is a drag queen because West Virginia is a hotbed of Tons drag of activity. Yes. Uh, yes. No, sorry. This is a former St. Albans Auxiliary police officer um, who is going to be spending uh, the next 11 years in prison mm -hmm. uh, for receipt right. of child pornography and possession of prepubescent child pornography. Uh, so this is Billy J. Griffith. Uh, he had been an auxiliary officer with the St. Albans Police Department uh, for about seven years. His wife operated a daycare um, at their residence. Um, back in 2022, law enforcement officers executed a search warrant um, when they traced his IP address um, to based on downloading multiple digit files of child pornography, a total of 3,400 images and four videos depicting child pornography came from an external hard drive, a desktop computer, a laptop computer, and a uh, cell phone. Disturbing. Why are there so many evil people on this planet? And I don't, that's um, a rhetorical question. I don't expect is. you to really answer it, but it's just, I don't understand it. And, and so many of these people are involved in churches. So many of these people are, and it's and and what's set, what's scary over the last couple, you know, last uh, ten years or so. So many of these are becoming teachers. Yeah, it's uh, just, it's just there's a lot of disturbing people. stuff. This uh, this last story might be the most disturbing of them all, um, and again, uh, does not involve um, a drag queen. Uh, this is uh, it's about an Oregon father who is accused of using smoothies to drug his daughter's 12-year-old friends during a sleepover, reportedly watching them as they blacked out and moving one girl's body onto a bed before he was caught. Um, according to court documents, police in Lake Oswego, Oregon, were called to a local hospital back in August of 2023 after three 12-year-old girls tested positive for benzodiazepine, a depressant that causes sedation and hypnosis. Uh, the girls told police they had attended a sleepover the night before at their friend's house where the friend's father, 57-year-old Michael Maiden, made mango smoothies and assisted they drink them after a night uh, of movies in the basement. Um, the girls told officers the smoothies had, quote, tiny white chunks throughout and sprinkled on top. Um, one girl tried to decline the smoothie, but Maiden reportedly made her a second one and insisted she drink it. Uh, Maiden monitored her consumption and got mad when he saw that the girls were drinking out of each other's drinks. He had given each of them a different colored reusable straw and insisted they drink out of their own cup. Um, as the girls started to fall asleep, one of them managed to stay awake. At 1.43 a.m., she sent a text to her mother that said, quote, Mom, please pick me up and say I had a family emergency. I don't feel safe. I might not respond, but please come get me. Please pick me up. Please, please. Jesus. Jesus. That's scary. Yeah. So he is facing 
six felony charges and three misdemeanors, three counts of causing another to ingest a controlled substance, three counts of application of a Schedule IV controlled substance, and three counts of delivery of a controlled substance to a minor. Brian, how much do you think his bail was? I'm going to say his bail was $75,000. $50,000, which he uh, he posted. Uh, according to court records, he and his wife divorced uh, l- less than two months after the sleepover. Shocking. After. After. First off, I'm offended by this, um, by the smug smirk he has on his face in that mugshot. Yeah. Just that. That was, a, that was actually off his of LinkedIn. I'm a white male. That was his LinkedIn. Oh, that's post. LinkedIn? That was his oh, LinkedIn. Oh, because that looks like a mugshot. That looks like yeah, a mugshot. He was, uh, he's actually involved in human resources, apparently. Gotta watch those HR people. What? Uh, before we before we run out of time, Brian, uh, we got to talk yeah. about uh, a couple of celebrity um, obituaries, uh, yeah. people that passed away this week. Uh, let me see, Matt. Did you pull up the uh, the the photos? Such a pain in the ass. Hold on. Let me let me get Where's one that? of them up. Um, going back to you know, we are obviously we are fans of uh, professional wrestling. We we talk about this every now and then on the show, and uh, a legend. Brian, a legend in the world of professional wrestling, passed away this past week. I am, uh, of course, referring to Mike Jones, also known as Virgil, uh, who used to work for the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. I know this was back when you and I were both uh, pretty deep into into WWF wrestling. Um, He then became... uh, I don't want to say kind of a punchline on the on the circuit, but he was he was a man that was willing to do anything for money, uh, whether it was sell photos, sure. uh, cameos, signatures, what have you. Uh, he was a man that loved a good payout. Hey, he had a you know he had bills to pay and was not ashamed to sit there and say I'm willing to do whatever it takes to be able to um, generate some income. Um, you know, I, 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 I question the use of the term legend, wrestling legend. I always felt that he was more of a, you know, a B-level character. Um, and keep in mind, I wasn't really a, that active a wrestling fan when he came on the scene. Um, it always felt slightly racist. The storylines between him and Ted DiBiase made me a little uncomfortable even you know, as I was like, so, so you're saying the storyline of a of a white man effectively owning a black man, you were uncomfortable yeah. with that. Yeah, it did. It made me uncomfortable just as much as those tight, vertically lined pants that he's wearing in this photo are making me uncomfortable because I am spending an inordinate amount of time trying to say where his bulge is because I'm following the lines and I think I have figured <laughs> it out, and I'm not sure that I I'm thinking that he's got a very large package. Um, Listen, one thing, the only thing I think he loved more than money was white women. Um, He referred to himself often as the meat sauce God and uh, offered his meat sauce to uh, many women via social media and apparently allegedly in person at, you know, autograph signings and cons and things of that nature. Are you talking his ejaculate when he says meat sauce? I don't know. I didn't really want to dig uh, that deeply into the hole. Or was he actually creating his his own bolognese sauce that he was making uh, in the hotels and then he would just bottle it up and bring it in? Anyway, he's not doing that anymore because he's dead. (laughs) Not anymore. Uh, Also, passing away this week, and this one hurt, Brian. I think this one, we were both fans of Richard Lewis uh, passing away at the age of 76, was it? Yeah, uh, somewhere around there. Yeah. Apparently, uh, well, via heart attack. 
Well, I mean, listen, I think, you know, he had um, really kind of, in my opinion, kind of had a, uh, you know, a, a second or third wave of his career um, with Curb Your Enthusiasm. I remember yeah. watching him as a stand-up comedian back in the days of comic relief. I remember, you know, that oh, yeah. when, you know, when stand-up comedy really wasn't a huge industry. But I remember being, you know, he had this very um, neurotic Jewish character um, stand-up that he would do. Um, and I remember just sitting there saying, I'm going to base my entire personality on this. Um <laughs> Where it was, it literally was just, it was all just like the world is out to get me, paranoia, I'm not feeling well, what's wrong with my tummy, you know, that kind of shtick. And I just remember right. thinking he was very funny. Then he kind of went away for a couple years, you know, maybe 15, 20 years. I'm sure he was, you know, doing shows in Vegas, whatnot, Reno, Lake Tahoe. Um, I, I was going to name a couple more, but I won't. What was um, the, uh, what was but, the TV show that he did with, uh, was it Jamie Lee Curtis? And yes, it was Jamie Lee Curtis. Together. Yes. Yeah, I don't remember the name of it. I'm going to blow my nose. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, great stand up. Uh, you know, his his uh, his stuff on Curb Your Enthusiasm. I mean, he he and Larry David, whole new, you know, yeah, very long. A whole new generation. The, oh. Yeah. And I think the best thing about it was, you know, when when you when you saw the two when when you saw he and Larry David act in the clips that I've seen on, on Curb Your Enthusiasm, mm -hmm. like the 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 improv that they do and the fact that yeah. like they legitimately would crack each other up and they would leave would like the genuine genuine laughter yeah. and that just that yeah. anything but love. Thank you, Janelle. That was the That's sitcom. It. Anything but love. And I used to watch that show. And he was uh I never it was interesting it. because you know they they tried to make him like the love interest of Jamie Lee Curtis, and then no one in America bought it. Nobody so they could buy shifted that. that. Yeah. They shifted that angle away in, in the show. Yeah. The thing is, is just that a whole generation of Americans um just don't we're not aware of his stand-up comedy. They only know him through Curb Your Enthusiasm. And he is he plays such a great character as Larry David's best friend who is right. almost more neurotic than Larry David. He makes Larry David seem normal. But like you said, you know, the um, uh, the way they would play off of each other with this kind of like love-hate relationship where they would just keep, you know, just giving each other hard times and, and, and it would build up to a yelling session. Just some of the high points of that show. This, it's really ironic timing of, of, of his passing because um, the final season of Curb Your Enthusiasm started maybe, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and, I, and the number of people I've spoken to who are Curb fans all commenting how awful Richard Lewis looks in this season. Right. That they were like, my God, this man looks close to death. Three weeks later, it's announced he just died. Um, so, um, like, like they're literally in the scenes that he's in this season, at least, you know, um, go ghostly white. There is no, like, you know, um, he looked like, uh, Brendan Fraser in the last scene of, um, the whale minus, uh, about 600 pounds. But there you go. Uh, one last story. Let's see if we can get to it, Brian. Uh, you love this story going out to California. The, uh, the doctor, uh, who apparently refuses to move from his $16 million <sighs> cliffside mansion, despite warnings, it could slide it. into the ocean. Um, here is mm -hmm. a photo that is, that is his mansion kind of in the center with all the tarps yes. over uh, the edge of the cliff. But I think everybody has kind of seen this, um, you know, on the news talking about the, the, the rains and the mudslides in California mm -hmm. and all these houses on the cliffs, multi-million dollar homes that are going to fall and crash. 
and this guy is is just refusing keeps to hanging leave. out. Keeps hanging yes. out. Eighty-two uh, year old radiologist Lewis Brugman. Now this is you're, we're talking an eight-figure home. I think that the the home on the left that you're looking at, or it might be the one in the center of like the kind of the one to the right. Um, these are houses where you're 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 literally looking at a ten million dollar home. Um, and the ground that they were built on has been worn off by um, by by the weather, by rains over time. You can see that they are perilously on the edge of what not used to not be a cliff is now a cliff. Um, mm-hmm. And it is inevitable that these houses are going to crumble. It is only a matter of time. It could be tomorrow, could be next month, could be you know, five years from now, um, you know, it's one of the things that I was worried about when investing in my ivory tower in West New York was, sure. you know, you know, since I'm so high on the uh, on the cliff, like, you know, how long until there is deterioration of the um, waterfront area? I have been told that it is at least another 30 years before the Hudson River will rise and um, take over the land that I live on. Um, but That's I right. love the fact that like, yes. I was just going to say those homes next to his uh, are worth 15.9 million, 14.1 million and 12.9 million. So, I mean, you've got with all those homes there, you've got almost a hundred million dollars worth of real estate um, that probably, I mean, uh, according to the city, the houses that. are still structurally. Yeah. Oh yeah. No one's paying that kind of money for them now. Nobody's like, going to buy that property. That is also what's kind of hilarious to me. Is and like what insurance is insuring that home now? Yeah, what what insurance company is going to insure that home right now? None. I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know. Um. Well, Brian, uh, a great episode. Another stellar I episode. Mean, Another stellar just, episode. Just the kind of episode you know that people sit around on a Sunday night. They light a fire. They pour themselves a, a glass of wine, maybe a fine scotch, sure. and uh, and hopefully we have entertained everybody as much as we've entertained ourselves. I mean, we we definitely oh. do that. Uh, we will be getting ready for After Dark. If you are not a After Patreon dark. member, Brian mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast. Um, we do an extra half hour of content every week called After Dark for our Patreon subscribers. If you go to ronandbrianpodcast.com, click in the upper uh, right corner, you can join. And a special benefit on March 13th, uh, Brian will be keeping everybody advised to his colonoscopy prep. I would also like mm-hmm. some post-colonoscopy after you come out of the prohypnol. I'd like to, you to kind of speak to how you feel after the procedure. I'm going to ask the lady. Yeah, I'm going to ask the lady to video it. I'm asking the lady to video as much of it as possible. All right, and it'll be it'll be a major talking point um, on our episode sure. uh, two weeks from now. So, mm-hmm. uh, thank you mm-hmm. all for joining us. Uh, we hope you enjoy your Sunday night. Um, we hope you join us on the Patreon. But again, we get it. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. Bidenomics. If you're eating cereal for breakfast, you probably can't subscribe to the Patreon. But just think about it. It's all we ask. Uh, Brian, anything additional before we get out of here today? No, no. If this has been a, a lovely way to spend this another Sunday evening, Ron, I look forward to this every weekend, and I am so glad to close out my weekend with this. However, for those people who are enjoying the show for free, um, this is it. This is the end of the road for, for, for episode 294. For those people who are members of our Patreon, you've got another at minimum 30 minutes of bonus content, stories of on OnlyFans, stories of porn stars, things that YouTube does not want us talking about. Things Facebook cannot handle. Just steamy, sexy, spicy. 
That's our after dark. Bringing the heat. All right. Well said, my friend. Love you. And thank you for joining us. Uh, We will catch all of you next Sunday. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week. 